Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, it's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. I disconnected for an hour today and I needed that to actually get some work done. So that is what I did today to treat myself. And I'm happy that I did because if not, I'm sure I would have just been procrastinating and BSing all day long. But starting out this Fearless uh, Friday chat, I am so happy to have with me Miss Marissa Calhoun. Marissa is Queens bred, but PG County raised. <laughs> um, she previous to her role now at CNN, I believe you are a digital producer or head of um, the digital production team there. She was an associate producer for the Katie Curran show, CNN Heroes, as well as CBS. And she is a phenomenal wo- woman, although, you know, it, it pained me to say that um, because, you know, she's a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Uh, and, you know, I'm a Delta woman. So not that it pained me because she is a phenomenal woman, but y'all know what I mean from a Greek standpoint. Um, but welcome to the podcast, Rissa. Thanks for having me. Yes. So what I like to do with um, each of my guests is start out just asking what did you do today to treat yourself? What did I do today to treat myself? Well, I did something that I rarely ever do, which is take a midday nap. Um, <laughs> I had some time to myself today where I didn't have any uh, extracurricular activity. <laughs> and I just laid across my bed and just took it down for an hour. Something about rest that is transcendent, mm-hmm. you know, on these podcasts, because all of y'all are very hardworking um, individuals in your fields and in your craft. But it is something about just having time to yourself to just rest. Absolutely. Refuel, re-energize. So that's g- good to know that you're getting some rest. Hopefully some of y'all are going to get some rest this weekend and you know, take some time for yourself to just refuel, re-energize. But I always start out asking, uh, what is your deepest fear? What is my deepest fear? My deepest fear is being in the middle of the pack. It is mediocrity. It is not standing out. It is being average, uh, not living up to my full potential in that way. But what is it? So what is it about being average that scares you the most? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what isn't it about being average that, that, that uh, doesn't scare me? I mean, you know, I think we're all born with unique gifts and uh, abilities And it takes some of us longer to realize those than others. And I just have a very vivid memory um, since the time I was a little girl of just having this vision for my life, what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that came along with some things that as I grew older, I realized weren't um, necessarily weren't necessarily going to serve me like arbitrary timelines um, and, uh, you know, 
being too hard on myself. But overall, I, I would say that I'm blessed and fortunate that I've always sort of had this vision for who I wanted to be. And I've always sort of been very focused on that and very diligent about pursuing it. And with that, unfortunately, came a lot of pressure, mm. um, self-inflicted pressure, always wanting to be first and best and feeling like anything less than that was a disservice mm. um, to my very breath. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just I've always struggled with this idea or this fear of being mediocre and because I know that's not who I am. You know what right. I mean? Like it, to me, it's like, well, if you feel like you're an average person, if you feel like you're just okay at things, then it may not bother you. But I feel like um, I was blessed as so many people are with unique talents and gifts. And, you know, the fatigue is real. Once you hit 25, 26, and mm-hmm. once you get that first job, uh, and you start to get comfortable, you start to think, shit can I curse on here Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) you start to think shit like uh, is this it you know and you and you constantly have to do that check-in if you're someone who fears mediocrity like yo am I getting too comfortable like am I like is my 401k and my uh you know my benefits my PTO my paid time off is that making me too complacent and am I on track to be great or am I on track to just be mediocre do you feel like you jump Instead of like, let me like, not ride it out, but let me see where this goes. Because that's, I'm assuming when you say you have those pressures or you you put those pressures on yourself, sometimes you may unnecessarily put pressures on yourself and make moves, maybe make haste movements to, so that you're, you never feel like you are, you never get to, you're like, I don't, I'm not saying I am average right now, but I feel like this is where this is going. So I'm gonna just make a movement really quick. Without really seeing it kind of play itself out. Right. I mean, I want to be really careful with language, um, you know, and and try. I want to try to be as clear as I can. I think people who get what I mean when I say I have a fear of being mediocre just get it because they probably do, too. Um, When I say I have a fear of being mediocre, it's not I have a fear of it's not that I'm on a race to the top, right? Right. It's just like when I step back and I look at my overall life, I have a fear of getting to the end and feeling like I didn't do enough mm. or I didn't hit that mark, the ultimate mark, like the, the God-given mark for my life. And I do feel like we don't all get to do it. And a lot of it has to do with us. Um, so to answer your question, though, I just wanted to step back and sort of reframe, but like to, to answer your question... Absolutely. I mean, the best example I can give is my my most recent career move. Um, I've been at CNN. I've been back at CNN for four years now. And um, prior to uh, leading CNN Digital's films and series team, I was working on a show called CNN Heroes. And I was um, a field producer and got to travel the world Mm -hmm. and uh, tell some amazing stories about some amazing people. And I loved it. Um, but I didn't feel like my higher ups valued me. I didn't feel like there were enough growth opportunities. Uh, as the years rolled by, I wasn't learning new skills, but I loved the content. And this opportunity came along um, to do something slightly different and not necessarily something that I feel completely aligns with my calling. Mm. Um, but it was more money. It was uh, upper mobility. And it was me 
deciding, hey, like, if I'm really on this path to not being mediocre, I have to take this leap now. Did I have to take the leap now? Maybe not. Maybe I could have stayed there. Maybe I could have made it work. Do I regret it? No. Right. I don't think people who have a fear of mediocrity, even if they do make, um, even if they do make moves in haste, right? Um, I don't think that they have as many regrets as people who don't ever make the moves. Mm. Um, I, 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 I regret the, the opportunities I didn't take more than I've regretted the opportunities I've taken and those that di- that didn't work out, basically. Right. Why didn't you take those opportunities at that time? Were there other things that were happening in your life that had an impact on the decisions um, that you made at that time to not take those opportunities that you may regret now? Mm-hmm. So I remember in um, 2012, um, I was planning a wedding at the time and I was preparing to get married and doing that whole thing. And an opportunity came up um, where I got an an offer to go work for the Ellen show in LA. Mm -hmm. And since I was a little girl, like that was on the vision, the, the, you know, the arbitrary vision board and timeline, like I wanted to live in LA. Um, And this opportunity came up and I was, I don't even think I talked to my fiance about it to see if he was okay with it. I just convinced myself that as a soon to be new wife, I couldn't ask my fiance to go across the country for my job. Right. Um, And I needed to be focused on what I was about to enter into. And so that was an opportunity that I didn't take. And um, I, to this day, regret that for many reasons. One, I didn't get married ultimately. Um, And two, um, you know, in my mind, again, having this, you know, obsessive fear of mediocrity in my mind, well, maybe I would be further along, whatever Mm. my journey was supposed to be. Now, ultimately, you know, being someone who is also a person of faith, I know that if that was truly for me, and if that was truly the route that I was supposed to take, then, you know, God would have allowed it to uh to to come back around or will allow it to come back around. So it's not something that I beat myself up about every day, but yeah, I mean it, th- that's an example of like a rare opportunity. Like I typically if I feel something is a good opportunity for me, I'm on it. Um and it's for reasons like that. You know, it's 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 because I feel like you know, fate isn't something that works completely on its own you also create your fate and Mm. um you create it by by making moves by being ambitious and by constantly um doing that sort of self check am i living up to my fullest potential right so i was wondering if you felt like you were kind of changing how you went about things for him but in the sense that you were kind of losing a bit of yourself or your individuality at that time for that perfect union or you know vision that you had about this like marriage and how you wanted things to be so I think at that time um which is like five or six years ago I think I had for all of my fear of mediocrity actually wait a minute if I'm being honest about it I've always sort of had this underlying fear of mediocrity but it started to burn like fire after that situation was over. Mm. Like after, like we broke things off in 2013 and 
like broke things off, broke things off. Like this is, we're not moving forward. And that is when it was like, oh my God, like I never want to settle for anything again. Um, And that I think came from this. So I, I definitely feel like I had a mediocre mindset when I was in my early 20s, even though I might have professed that I was a go-getter, that I was a hustler. Like the things that I was going to get or the things that I was coveting, looking back, were very mediocre. And that's not a, a knock on any person individually or any one individual opportunity. It's to say that I was chasing things and people and ideals that really weren't aligned with who I was because I didn't know who I was. Mm. And I feel like I didn't know who I was because I was so busy chasing things, people and ideals. Um, and this is something that I feel like is a a constant in our generation. And it's sort of something that a lot I see a lot of um, people struggle with. Um, especially with the with the advent of social media, right? So with the advent of social media, um, we are always we're always inundated with all these images of everybody else, right? And we think that those images are perfect when in fact they're facetuned, when in <laughs> fact they're altered, when in fact they're photoshopped, and so we start to think that that's perfection. Right. And that's what we start to aspire to. And so that was also happening at the, that at that time when I was um, in a relationship with uh, my ex. And, uh, you know, to to his credit and to my credit, we had the foresight to eventually in that situation. But I don't think that I would have been in that situation if I had not have been running away from mediocrity, but I was assigning what wasn't mediocre to what I was seeing around me when in mm. fact it probably was mediocre. It had just been altered for the gram. For the gram. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. No, or if no, I fully I... understood your question, but I wanted to, I, I really wanted to check off some boxes in my life mm. and I I initially thought, well, this is this is definitely like what I have to do not to become mediocre or basic or whatever. Like, what do you mean as far as being mediocre if that box was not checked? We're structuring our lives based on how we were raised. And so I was raised in a family where it was expected that I would get married or Mm -hmm. that if I had a serious boyfriend, we wouldn't just be living together for, you know, an unseen amount of time. We would eventually make it official. And so it was about, again, arbitrary timelines, but arbitrary timelines are actually steeped in mediocrity, whether people realize it or not. Um, Having an arbitrary timeline actually, in my opinion, can yield mediocrity Mm. um, because you are so quick to do something or make a decision. I mean, you know, if I'm honest with myself, I think I made certain decisions five or six years ago just because they were the decisions I was in air quotes supposed to make, Mm. you know, and really they weren't the best decisions for me, whether it was a relationship or sometimes a job, but it looked good. It, it Photoshopped well. Right. Um, And, you know, when that particular situation with, you know, with my ex-fiance was over, I just remember many a night just laying in bed like, yo, you know, and to this day, I have a fear of of relationships that is deeply rooted in ending up 
in a complacent and comfortable situation with someone um, where I know that they aren't the person who makes my sets my soul on fire. But Mm. because this is convenient or because this is, um, you know, ideal ish. Um, I just make it work. Like I, I have a fear of that now and, and that'll probably, you know, be to my detriment, at least in terms of relationships, because in order to experience, um, you know, the adverse of that, which is having someone who sets your soul on fire and who's your, your, your soulmate and your right. equal, um, you have to actually experience relationships. You have to actually be open, take be, vulnerable. The, be open, be vulnerable, take the risk of actually dating someone who, you know, you don't mesh with who's uh, whose soul may not align with yours. But but you have to do that in order to find that person. Right. And because of my fear of mediocrity or entering into a situation again where I feel like this is just comfortable and convenient, I've just stayed out of relationships Uh for longer than I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you navigate at least coming out of the end of a potential marriage and going back into, you know, throwing yourself back into the your your career and you, right? Throwing yourself back into you. How did you overcome that transition and to at least put yourself out there to see what God may has have whoever he may have in store for you? Whenever the time is right. Um, well, I, I'll start off with the 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 latter, which is I'm not yet fully stepping back into that dating space. Like I have, I if I'm if I can just be completely transparent, like I'm still not vulnerable enough. I'm still not truly dating again since that and I say that like I've yeah I've been Mm -hmm. out on dates but I don't truly date people like you know people get to meet my uh not doppelganger but they get to meet (laughs) me meet my assistant self you know what I mean like they you know I don't I haven't reached that place where I'm really uh I don't I don't know where I'm going with this basically I'm not the reality is I'm not there yet you know like when it comes to dating I'm definitely not here there yet um I am it's something that I'm working to it's something that I aspire to overcome but I think the the fear is so intense that it's just not something that I've I've been able to do yet and it's not fear of like um it's not fear of actually like dating and and it not working out it's more like fear of again that feeling of comfortability and find not finding someone who's willing to push me um and and poke me if necessary um to pull out the best of me and Mm. and also not being that for someone else like that still that fear of not being able to receive that or do that for someone is still keeping me from dating like intensely Mm -hmm. you know um the casual i'm you know date here or there yeah i can do that but i really find that i'm i'm in incredibly checked out Mm. um or i'm incredibly like dismissive like i'm incredibly like you know what this wouldn't work out because x y and z right um and that's not cool you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's not that's not cool and that's not fair and and i'm not the only woman like i know a lot of women who who are in that situation, um, who, you know, they're dating people, 
but they're not really being vulnerable in it. They're, they're not, not really present. They're not really present. And and men sense that. Like men are incredibly intuitive and um, they know what they want. You know, right. um, women, we are a lot more indis- I hate to stereotype, <laughs> but the reality is my experience. Um, right. So my experience as a woman and, and in talking to other women, I find that we're a lot more indecisive and a lot when it comes to love and a lot more unsure. Um, and when a man knows from, you know, again, my experience, the men I've talked to, they just kind of know and right. they're they're willing to be vulnerable for the right one. Um, but in, in general, how did I make the pivot back from you know, going down one path. I mean, I tell people all the time, five years ago, I thought my life would look completely different than it looks right now. And coming out of that situation, I was so fucking scared. Like I would, and I it, just thinking back to, I still get chills mm. because when you decide that you're getting married, like that's it. You know what I mean? You, you know, well, it should be it. You know what I mean? Like it, it That's should, it, 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 it should it be, be like, okay, this is, this is the, 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 the major shift, right? This is the master transition. And, um, I did not envision another life for myself other than that life at that point. And so very quickly I had to switch gears and start to reimagine who I was. Um, and this is at 24, 25 years old, mm-hmm. uh, which is too damn young to be getting married anyway my opinion um <laughs> but yeah it, so I had to reimagine myself and in reimagining myself again I was confronted with fear mm. and I and instead of running from fear when it came to like how I would rebuild my own um my own self-worth my own self-esteem how right. I would get back on my feet instead of running from fear in that respect I ran from it when it came to men but I I yielded to it when it came to healing mm. and I used my fear to heal myself and I was able to do that by just sitting in it and just embracing it um you know I I was able to do it by by just allowing myself to feel whatever it was I was feeling and then jerking myself out of it and pushing myself to get out of bed and pushing myself to pursue my passions and turning every bad thing or thing that I perceived as a bad thing into a positive at every chance I I got Mm -hmm. and um, it was a lot of hard work but it was so worth it and it was so it wasn't easy you know but it was it was it was fruitful um, it, there was a harvest at the end and that harvest was sort of like my own peace of mind and my own self-confidence and being mm-hmm. able to be in my own skin and be comfortable. Um, and I still don't know the the way ahead. You know, I don't think that anybody ever has it all figured out. Right. Um, you talk to new moms all the time and, you know, you could have wanted your whole life to be a parent. But when you're about to have that child, you're like, I have no, no idea how to do it. Yeah. And then you give birth and then that's it. You just, you, it, something clicks. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like getting back to me was almost, is almost like giving birth. There was this, this period of carrying myself as if I was a baby, Mm -hmm. right? Carrying myself, nurturing myself, nursing myself. And then finally the birthing process and the birthing process, just like when someone's physically giving birth, it's painful. painful. And so it was definitely painful, but in the end, um, you know, I was made new and, and, uh, I feel like I'm in a good place and, um, I'm headed towards, um, 
where I want to be. I, I do still struggle with that fear of mediocrity. And I think it's all about looking back at where I was mm. and not wanting to ever be, be back there, there again. again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I also think that's the motivation at the same time and why we are, you know, why you are so um, passionate about whatever it is that sets your soul on fire, whether it be your career, whether it be just being a hundred percent good to you. You know, I think that a lot of times when we have those arbitrary deadlines and when we have these ideas of the type of lives or what you know, should have happened by now or then we start to lose the sense of what it is that we truly want, who it is that we truly are. And we're just chasing after the idea. So sometimes things come in forms and fashion. You're like, this look good. It matches what I thought I wanted or what I think I want. You know, I'm going to make this work for me at that time. Not really understanding that who you are at that time may not be the person that you are five years from now, 10 years from now. And so if you, you know, we go into things on, on, for the reasons in which we think are right, but at the core, we know, we know the woman's intuition is, is an amazing thing. We know at the core, it's not mediocre. It, one thing <laughs> it is, it's not average, it's not mediocre. We know, but we push on it. And, and, and that's something that I even had to experience even getting to this point. It's like, it's okay to let go of the, the timeline of what you think is going to happen and just let God, like let go and just let God and figure out who you are at the core. I think you brought up a really good point to rebirth yourself and understanding who you are. So now when you do decide, when you do decide that you want to get back out there and date, you can make a more informed decision right off the bat so you're not wasting your time or nobody else's time and it's okay to be protective protective of that set that boundary and be protective of your heart and your your peace but still navigating and figuring out how to still be open and vulnerable and taking a risk and seeing what is potentially out there for you that's going to pour into you what you would potentially pour into that individual as well yeah i mean i i agree with that i i um i think too as I continue my own journey, right, and I continue to do the things that I feel called to do, mm. and I continue to answer God's calling that he puts on my heart, you know, ideas that come to my head, as I continue to chart my own journey and, and follow along my path, I do believe that people who are on their path will intersect with other people who are on their path. Yes. So I want to be Man, very clear that... You know, while I am not actively dating, it's not something that is of paramount concern to me. Like, oh, my God. Like, no, 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 no. Like the, the timeline is thrown out. If I never find my quote unquote soulmate, if I never, you know, that that's not ideal. You know, I do want a life partner, but I don't want a life partner more than I want to be great, more than I want to be whole, more than I want to fully realize God's purpose for my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I could have, I probably would have said that five years ago, but I don't know that I could have said it and really meant it. Right. Because I was still caught up in what, again, air quotes should be and not in just being. And now I just want to be. Mm -hmm. um, and if if in my process of just being who I am and who I'm supposed to be, another soul being who they are and who they're supposed to be, if we intersect, I'm all for that. And I think as a woman, like 
that is a greater gift than anything I could have received from the universe Mm. because there's a level of peace that comes along with that. Like when I walk into a room of women at an event, I'm not, you know, I, I remember, I, I consciously remember just being more concerned with my looks, how high are my boobs sitting, how high are my heels? Like I'm on a whole other wavelength where it's like, no, I'm good. Like, you know, my face may not be the most beat face in the in the room, but somebody who's for me is going to see my heart. Somebody right. who's for me is going to see is going to um, connect with my mind. Right. And it's going to be a genuine connection. Um, I'm going to stand out because I'm not looking like everybody else in the room. I'm not vibing like everybody else in the room. And we all have the potential to do that once we strive to be our highest selves and not be mediocre. Right. Um, that that for me is, you know, from from a from a, the perspective of being female, I think that mediocrity when I when I turn on social media and this isn't I don't want to come across judgmental but I think it's important to say like when I cut on social media I feel like I I see my fellow sisters a lot of us are afraid to just be uniquely ourselves child and it just almost it's like it's kind of boring like God made us so beautiful he made us so unique and I just feel like we're in this place right now where we're all striving to the same thing. Like and we're, we're emulating and duplicating things instead of just being ourselves yeah, authentically yeah. in that space. And if people don't look, if if you don't buy into me, that's fine. But those who do vibe with who I am will buy into you. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, require trying to be something else because you see something else in the social media space for another person is working for them. Yeah. And listen, I listen, I'm on social media. I'm not completely knocking social media or having a social social media persona. I think we just have to be brave enough to take a step back and really analyze and unpack um, where we're putting our energy. Yeah. And, and, and what's drawing energies around us. Um, and for me, you know, it's it's looking at things like social media, like social phenomenons, like social media. It's also looking inward at myself and being very honest about myself when I'm not being transparent, when I'm not being authentic, when I'm not being vulnerable. And it's really hard to do that if you don't sort of tune out of the noise mm. and sort of tune in to, to yourself and your self-worth. I mean, another thing that I would say about sort of just in general, like this fear of mediocrity or this fear of um, sort of being a middle of the road person, not taking the road, uh, taking the road less traveled. Um, You know, I think that I personally believe, not I think that, I personally believe we all have an individual assignment, right? And like I said at the beginning of this conversation, I think some of us can be off assignment, can be mm. like detoured. Right. Um, and I do feel like I was one of those people who was chasing the wrong things, who was prioritizing things that were superficial, who was caught up in appearances. And, you know, that's just full on honesty. Like, you know, I was and that I didn't want to be that girl. 
Like I didn't want to be that girl. I didn't want to become that woman. I wanted to create a life for myself that when I look back, you know, one of the, when you asked me what was my greatest fear, if I didn't, at first I was going to say my greatest fear was death. But then when I thought more about it, it's like, I'm not afraid to die. Like I get it. We all have to die. I'm afraid that when I die, I won't feel like I did enough. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I won't, I'm, I'm afraid to die before X, Y, and Z. Before you reach. Before your... I reach. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm afraid. I, I feel like, you know, and this also, you know, we uh, just being faced with your own mortality. Like I had a serious health scare a couple years ago where I had pre-cancer on my pancreas. And I literally was very fortunate, obviously, to to catch something like that. Um, as we know, pancreatic cancer is very deadly. Mm-hmm. So to catch something that like that at the precancerous stage was was huge. And at the time, it didn't feel like a blessing. But looking back, wow, what a blessing. Um, and so I had to have a major operation. There were a lot of health risks involved. And I think, you know, that also got me to thinking like, whoa, you know, I'm not happy with where I am in my life. Like, right. I'm not happy with some of my choices. I'm not happy with, um, you know, like, I want to do more. I want to be more. I know I can. And so coming, you know, close to facing a situation that could be life or death and also questioning my own mortality, realizing like when you're young and you're running around young and free, you don't realize like your body is aging every day. So it's like you, when you have a health scare and you are faced with your own mortality and you're laid up like, yo, you go under, you may not, you don't know, yeah. you know. You- and it, it really made me all the things that I wanted to do or better yet, all the things that I had done that weren't authentic to what I knew I wanted. I stayed in a relationship for years that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew, that I knew was not for me. And that that is that was selfish. That was stupid. Mm. But I know that I'm not alone. Like there are people right now in relationships, in situations, not even just unhappy, but unwoke. Like you, you walking around, you basically like sleepwalking. Right. You may not be unhappy to where you're having this physical reaction to your unhappiness, but you're not living your best life. And you know, you're not living your best life. You're having the same arguments with the same person. You're mediocre. (laughs) I was being mediocre. And you're telling yourself, but it looks like perfection, but it looks like black love, but it looks like all of these hashtags and catchphrases that we've created to replace greatness. Because I think we also get in our mind like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. You're going to go through a few arguments or you're going to go through. Yeah, you're going to go through arguments. But but at the end of the day, whether it's a relationship or a job or whatever it is, a, a, a side hustle, a passion, if it is not the thing, if it is not the thing that when you wake up in the morning, you know that you know that you know you're supposed to be doing, right. don't do it. Right. Don't do it. If you are constantly questioning whether you should be here, whether you should be doing this, whatever this is, a job, a relationship, whatever, stop. Mm-hmm. For your own well-being and for your own progress. Because life is too short. It's short. 
And it's also like life is, I, I truly believe like there's a portion of our fate that's handed to us. And there's a portion of it that we are creating every day with the choices that we make. Yep. And I feel like this like should be a course in school. You know what I mean? Like when, when we teach kids about success and going off to college, when we talk to kids about getting married, we need to talk more to people about their happiness. Yes. And their wholeness. Preach. At the same time that we're talking to them about these arbitrary aspirations, like this box, this list of things, this list of boxes to check off. And a lot of us, myself included, get wound up in this tangled web of mediocrity because we are aspiring to things that other people told us we wanted. And we don't even ask ourselves for ourselves, do you want this? No one ever taught me to ask those questions. Um, And I think that we need to start to talk about it, have an honest conversation about it. I think that a lot of people would feel much more free. And that's all we want to do is be free. Yeah. And live life fearlessly. I'll tell you what freedom means to me. No fear. Come on, Nina. Nina, Nina. Come on, Nina. Well, I think we unpacked a lot of things today. And I appreciate you so much, Marissa, for dropping your your wisdom. Because, you know, (laughs) I think a lot of people needed to hear those things and understand that nobody's journey is perfect and you know despite our arbitrary timelines that it you you do overcome certain aspects of your life when you face you know adversity or obstacles and know that nothing that you that is brought to you you're not that god won't see you through like you he will see you through it it may be a storm lord it may be a rough storm <laughs> and it may feel like it's going on for a long time but it's all building you up to that next step or that next um, path in your journey to where he has intended you to go. As long as you listen to him and let him lead you and are doing the necessary things to be a better version of yourself or be the best version of yourself for yourself first than everybody else, you can go no wrong in, in your journey and your direction. And so I appreciate you um, for sharing your story, your journey, the things that you've been through, how you overcame them and how you're continuing to work through them um, on a day-to-day basis. At the end of the day, none of us has reached our destination. When we talk about journeys, a lot of people assume like, okay, well, you got to it. You made it. Like, no, that's just a certain step in the journey. There's still We're still on our journeys and certain things are going to take and require a lot of time. But when we reach our destination, it's only up to God. And I would hope that's when we lay it down and say that I've done all I could do on this earth, feel good about what we've left as our legacy. All right, you preaching? (laughs) Just laying on a little too. But to leave off how I like to always end off my uh, show is with a quote. William Somerset Markham once said, only a mediocre person is always at his best. I'll let that sink in. Let y'all mull over that as you go into the rest of your Fearless Friday, as you go into your weekend, as you're thinking about things and what you want to do when it comes to trudging on and moving forward in your own personal journey. Until next time, I'm wishing you all love, light, and many of blessings on this Fearless Friday. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we out.